You're listening to Going to the Chapel, a 21 Jump Street podcast. Grab your Aquanet, throw on your best acid wash jacket, and join us as we gab about this classic television program. Hey there, everyone. I'm Amanda McLaughlin. I'm Christopher McLaughlin. And this is Going Going to to the the Chapel. Chapel. This podcast is a deep dive into the Fox television show 21 Jump Street that ran from 1987 to 1991. And just like in our marriage, I know nothing. And I know everything. So, we've moved beyond the pilot. Congratulations, we're into the series proper. Congratulations to you as well. Season 1, Episode 3. Are you ready to jump right in? Do we have any preliminary? We don't have any preliminary nope. stuff ready to, to do. Jump Let's in? do this. America, what a town. That's the, the name of this yes. episode. So we, we open on someone's feet walking, which, by, just side note, reminded me of the beginning of Strangers on a Train, where they open on the two different yeah. feet walking. It does, it's not that artsy, but it just... No, but that's what it, it kind of threw it in my... Anyway, and there's uh, a guy carjacking. He's, you know, using a jimmy, and then he's, he's hot-wiring the car, and he's driving it off, all to a song. <laughs> that is what I call discount um, Temple of the Dog. <laughs> Like, no, really, the, <laughs> no, it sounded, it was that, that very, like, 80s, 90s, like, I don't know what you would call it, kind of, kind of sound, yeah, it, but it sounded yeah. very much like, you know, Stone Temple Pilots, Temple of the Dog, sort that of kind of thing. pre-grunge, I guess. And um, there, the chorus is, you stole my world, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's you stole my world, is that, and I, I thought that's on, awfully on the nose. Well, I think but, that was the point, probably, because yeah. he's stealing cars. And yeah. I also tried to Google the lyrics to that song. I tried to get Siri to tell me. Oh, I probably shouldn't say her name so that she yeah. pop up on my phone. Um, and I could not find what this song actually is, so that's interesting. It, it was pretty cheesy. I mean, it was, it was 80s, but it was, you know, it, it was fine. I did, it didn't distract me. At this point, the music in this series, as long as it doesn't distract me from the action on the yeah. screen, I feel like is having success. So. I had also forgotten how 80s cars look. <laughs> I mean, I know that Boxy sounds... as heck. Because he was stealing this car, and then you get the wide shot of him like driving the car, and I'm like, I wouldn't steal that car. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not like nowadays you wouldn't look twice at it. No. Although I guess they're just doing it for the money, as we find out later. But so he drives it back to a shop. We don't know what shop it is yet, and they're He's making this joke of like, "Hey, I brought my car in for you to, you know, fill her up." Oh, and also we're stripping this car. Like yeah. it was a joke to yeah. the buddy. So they strip the car, and it takes forever. In fact, they even cut to a clock every now and again to show how long it's taking. And it's, taking. like, really late at night because they are finished by, like, what, 3 o'clock in the morning or something yeah. like that. So they close the, the door, and you finally see that it's the Northside High School shop. And before they leave, we see one of the guys being like, hey, are you going to leave oil like this when we get our own place? So you kind of have this idea that, like, right. you know, they, plan, they have these plans. Right, which we'll and, get more of later. So, anyway, at this point, after you see the high school reveal, it's the credits. Uh, so that was a cold open. Our first, as far as I know, cold open of the series, which I assume will then become a a standard. In fact, it's a standard in TV shows now. I don't know how standard it was in the 80s to have a cold open. but I'm not in, sure. In any remember. case, it was it's what happened here. So then, after the credits, we're at an airport, and there's a press conference going on. And we find that there is a vaguely... Eastern European sounding handler, I call him a handler, politician type, who's basically discussing how there's this Polish exchange student, Nadia, who is standing next to him, who is going to be coming to America, and and they're asking him all these questions, and and she looks very nervous and has her hair pulled back a very conservative ponytail. she's not 
super nervous. They're they're interviewing her and they're yeah. like, you know, tell us about apparently she wrote some paper and that is what got her to come to be able to do this exchange program and they ask her what it's about and she was saying that it was a comparison between the countries right. and he like it keeps interrupting her because I think it's supposed to show us like look at those great communism commies yeah. those commies won't even let the kids speak kind of thing and the girl playing Nadia she's a good actress well, she's think. okay I mean for I mean you know she's an okay television actress but that accent that she oh, is trying po- to do is terrible. Well, first of all, it goes in and out. And secondly, it's not even really... I don't even can even really place I it. I looked up the actress, and she's apparently from Kentucky. Well, she let's and let's so stipulate, first of all... She's clearly not she Polish. She's beautiful. She's a very she's pretty very girl. She's very pretty, yes. She's beautiful pretty. eyeballs in particular. Um, and I think that's what got her cast, is she looks Eastern European, and she's very pretty. And I, I, according to IMDb, she was discovered as a model in a mall by that. a modeling oh, agent, you know, kind of. Was actually the classic, you know, discovered in the mall no, thing. No, she is very pretty. Um, but I don't, the acting, I think, was secondary here. But I think she was concentrating too much on the, the accent, yeah, too, which wasn't which very good. Which wasn't working out for her. She probably didn't have enough time. I mean, Well, it's a television series. Eric so. Singer on, on Wired, who I'm going to plug here because he's so good, uh, talks about how the, the main thing you can see with people doing accents is if they're given enough time, like Kevin Costner on, on Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, didn't have enough time, is what he said, which I believe is, is why he didn't have well, a good English accent, for example. that for certain things, it would actually, you would actually kind of need months of prep. I mean, Oh, yeah. So, I think to be fair... I actually thought about him, too, watching this. I was like, they needed him. And her, so the, the house she's going to stay in, or the girl she's going to stay with, is named Jennifer, is watching this and is going... Is her name is, Jennifer? That's what, it, that's what I wrote down, anyway. Oh, they, that's funny, parents say, here's what I say about, so it's this family, it's this dad, and the mom, and the daughter, and the daughter is in, is like... Bummer, this is such oh a bummer. Oh my gosh, uh, she writes papers, she's not going to be any fun. I wrote Dork down... Dork City, I wrote down, point. <laughs> discount Jennifer Grey. Because that's yeah. what I thought of her as. She was, a, she reminds me of Jennifer Grey in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, the, that character, the eye rolling, and even the way she was dressed. Like I was yeah. like, and her mom I wrote down was discount Sally Jesse Raphael. Oh, I can see that because sure. she had the red glasses yeah. on even. So there's a lot of discount versions. Of discount versions, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but the mother is like. It's okay, dear. We're doing this for America. And she says, I think I'll defect, which is a great line. Um, so then we cut to um, 21 Jump Street and Judy Hoffs is the first thing we know, or at least the first thing I noticed is with her amazing hat, which I... I loved it. I'm not sure how you describe it exactly. It's kind of a fedora and then it had, I think, pearls on it or be- beading yeah. It was amazing. And the leather jacket with similar sort of beading, ripped jeans, and an earring that had a card, either a playing card or a tarot card. I don't card. think it was like a card. I think it was just like a woman, like a vintage drawing kind of yeah. thing. But at first, I thought it was a playing card. Yeah, I wrote, Judy's hat, earring, velvety top, ripped jeans. Uh, yeah, the whole ensemble was, was something she else. She is always on point with her outfits. Jenko is is giving uh, Judy an assignment, which is, of course, as the setup might have given you a clue, to follow Nadia around because apparently the State Department has decided that they need to keep an eye on this commie, and so they want these undercover cops. The way he described it was just like make her feel at home, kind of hang out with her, but they're still doing it undercover. It's not like, you know, 
It's just in the school. It's not a police like like be her liaison. friend. Yeah. Well, and Pinhole has this whole long thing of like. <laughs> well, State Department cooperates with this like, department. Cooperates with this department. The president of the USA cooperates with the president of Poland, and then he like went. And you get to do it because you're so cooperative. It's yeah. it's this whole co- it. it Deloise can sell bad. The Deloises are great at selling mediocre jokes and, like, and making them actually and funny. Like we've said before is that he brought the energy up because up yeah. until then I was like, okay, whatever with this whole scenario. So Judy's not thrilled about it, but she says she'll do her part for world peace, um, which is basically which is so cute. Um, and so then Jenko moves on to the other plot. Basically, you have an A and a B plot that are of roughly equal weight. I don't know that you can really call one the A and one the B. They're just sort of A and A1, I suppose. I um, guess we're supposed to think that the car thing is the A because it's the technical, actual criminal element of the show. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's a weird... It, the episode's weird in that regard because I'm not sure why they decided to pair these two stories that, together. That, I think, is the weirdest part for me. I think it has something oh, to actually, say about I have a theory, the yeah, U.S. I have a theory we'll, about we'll get that. To there. Anyway, um, Jenko is, is interested in, you know, the, these all these cars are getting stolen and uh, Penhall goes, Yeah, <laughs> you know, he, like, he's okay, like, whatever. oh, we're cars getting stolen. That's uh, uh, interesting. And, and so Jenko's like, hey, cars are big business, especially that insurance, which, boy, does that set Hanson off. Because his insurance apparently went up because somebody ran into his car while it was parked, and boy does straight laced Hanson not like the fact that his he insurance lost his went up. Mind. He's like, "Do you think they care that I'm a law enforcement officer?" And then he has this like, "No, no. the no is one of my favorites." I remember him having this. I didn't remember which episode it was in. And then when he started, I was like, oh, this is when he says no really loudly in yeah. a crazy way. And they're all staring at him like he's a nut. And Penhall's basically like, I'm sorry they don't have, you know, was he doofus insurance for doofuses who run into your car? Yeah. Which doofus is like the most Uninsured 80s. doofus. Yes, the uninsured doofus, which they do have uninsured and underinsured, but that's another question entirely. The And then I love he gives him a handkerchief to have so he can pat his, pat his hair. And, yeah. then, and Depp does this like, you know... Uh, 19th century woman <laughs> patting his hair, um, which is quite funny. Um, Getting that sweat away. Oh, and, and the the one other sort of clue they found was a Northside High School screwdriver was left in the one of the cars that they'd stripped. So they're pretty sure that it has connection to Northside High School. So you guessed it. Our dear friend, Hanson, which, reminder to those of you who might have forgotten, that's Johnny Depp, um, is going to go to that shop class undercover and... Because he's the car guy, as we figured out in the pilot. Right, when he, he knew how to work a car, then Penhall did And um, Penhall says something about there being 8 million kids at that school. I think but that's an exaggeration. But the way he said it was like, there were like 8 million kids in that school. And I was like... I think it's an exaggeration. I think you're right, but it was he almost said it like so... It was funny, anyway. So, we, we cut to the shop, and Hanson is talking to the shop uh, teacher, who they all inexplicably call Coach, even though as far as I can tell, he doesn't coach anything. Yeah, he just teaches them how to be And And he's very skeptical about the new kid, but then Johnny proves well, that he knows he what he's... He makes that comment about there are so many people in the school. Right. And he's wearing a toboggan cap, and it's not completely on his head. He's wearing it in this weird way. I kind of looks a like... Where it wasn't all the way on What's his, his name from Rocky, the the, the, uh, the, <laughs> the coach in Rocky, uh, you know. Anyway, so uh, it's basically what he looks like. I think it's supposed to make him look working class, basically, I think is the idea. Yeah, no, that's the idea. Um, it just looked weird. Which we'll, I get to in just a half second here, but... Uh, so Hanson proves that he's... You know, knows his car stuff. He, he they car lingo at each other for a bit, which that's not really important to the episode. But so suddenly, uh, gather around, children. The coach <laughs> is going to give a speech, and he gives a speech about 
Uh, worker ants versus what is it? Worker ants versus no, queen bees. Queen bees. Yes. Basically, well, because I feel like it's very like the working man is the only well, forget brain surgeons well, I guess the, and people who but, are experts. But that's not the way he was saying it. He was trying to because they're kids. He was saying, yeah. you know, you're never going to be a stockbroker. Yeah. But you have something that those guys don't have. And he does say something like, will a surgeon know how to replace blah, blah, blah on yeah. a blah, blah, blah in the rain? And he says, no, but you do. And I think, I don't think he's purposefully bashing the surgeons. Yeah. But he's saying, you guys are important. Because, I mean, kids that are in shop class, there's nothing against it. Actually, I think... I work at a community college. So, I mean, I, we have... We have, you know, a welding program. I think more those, people should take shop than go to college. I feel like those welding point. kids make are going to end up making way more like money if than I, I were, do. If I were back in school, I would not go to a four-year college. But that's that's a long conversation. But, I mean, I think he's trying to be inspirational, which is cute. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it, it is cute. more like a Mike Rowe thing. Like, a, you know, dirty jobs are, are good jobs, too, and are valuable and are worthwhile. So it is that. I was just thinking there's a sort of, like, there's a sort of, there's a political undertone to this whole thing about communism versus capitalism and right. and the worker versus the the people who 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 benefit from that like the insurance guys versus the this, the normal I guys I will say so. that um Hansen's little c- complaint about his insurance is not the last time we hear about insurance Oh yeah no it's this, it, the the, <laughs> the point of this episode is screw oh, the insurance is, companies so uh, so Hanson says something, and I just wrote down that the professor says, don't Brown knows me, kid. I love Brown, that whole concept. Oh, well, he says that was very inspirational, sir, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, of course, the guy who was doing the carjacking, Delano, is in the class. I wrote um, that Delano is a discount Tom Cruise. He is. He's very he, handsome. He looks a little more Italian. Yeah, the whole thing is very Italian. Well, yeah, we'll that's the, the funny thing is we like, talk about this hey, a lot. Hey, I'm Italian. I'm pretty sure... That this show is supposed to basically be taking place in California. Yeah, LA-ish. Even though it was actually shot in Canada. Right. Vancouver, I believe. Um, but everyone in this episode is very, like, New York. Like, yeah. um, Coach is very New York. Yeah. This kid, Delano, which, I mean, I think he's supposed to be, like, Italian or something. And even, um, I don't remember his name, but his buddy, the other Yeah, I don't remember. Kid, I don't know. Um, it- his buddy doesn't Mike? really factor in much, so Delano's the name of the main guy, but yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Also, I wrote down that the buddy has, like, a Batman shirt. Did you notice that? I didn't. Oh, okay. But it's not... It's like the Batman logo, but the bat is not exactly the Batman logo. Well, this is pretty Tim Burton, too, so I don't know if that makes a difference. Oh, maybe, Tim but it Batman. doesn't... I don't know. I thought it was the interesting been because few. I wouldn't think that you'd be able to do that now, you know, with with... Anyway. And this is a little bit of a side note before we get into the, the fixing of the cars, which we're about to do, um, which is that Depp in this episode, and this is the first place I really noticed it, is looks like Johnny Depp. You know, as he kind of looked like a crazy greaser haircut in the, after well, they, the makeover. Well, they really, like, made it really tall. He looked like what he looks like in Crybaby. Yeah. Part of it. Yeah, so... Anyway, my point being just that Depp looks like a normal human in this episode yeah. and looks very much like himself, like... You know, he still looks like like young Johnny Depp. Anyway, the, he's he goes uh, and they're they're working on the car, but they start complaining because there's a part of the car that is computerized, and they they don't have the you know, like ah you have these damn computers you have to you know try to and nobody knows how to he basically is mad because he doesn't know how to reprogram it right 
And and Deb says that thing about how they're analog men in a digital world. That's right. Um, which, and I was like, if only they knew how digital it is now. My dad complains he used to be able to fix his car from you know front to back, and now he can just change the oil and rotate the tires and everything else you have to plug the car in for, which yeah. is true. It's true. So this was still in the 80s when you still could pretty much strip a car down and fix it, fix it back up again. And but. so Depp, of course, being in the shop class, he's looking out for who the what, what the criminal element might be. So it's really convenient, actually, yeah. that um, the teacher was like, hey, Delano, show this guy the ropes, because Delano actually ends up being the one. Yeah. And is this the part where he, he says, I know a guy who can get yeah, that? Yeah, so that's yeah. what I was going to say, is that they're talking about this black box computer thing that they don't know how to work, and they don't know how to reprogram and Depp, you know, says, I know a guy who could get one of these. And they're like, oh, really? How? You know, how much? Whatever. And he's like, free. And they're like, that would be breaking the law. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, okay, get it. So, you know, he's trying to feel it out. Right. So that's basically the end of that scene. So we cut to a classroom where Nadia is giving a little presentation about her country. And it's very much reading the, like, propaganda notes she was given, basically. And the professor is arguing. Well, teacher. Or teacher, I mean, yeah, the, it's the teacher, sorry. I'm, I work They with. always act like, they always act really snooty on this show. Yeah, and it's, he's terrible. Like, he's trying to defend America, which is he should be well, the good I, guy in I this, think but. It seems to me like he kind of made her stand up there so that he could then just totally bash Poland. Right, and just, communism. Basically, just be like, well, now you at least he, have freedom. He keeps and, interjecting you know. with like, but isn't blah blah blah? Don't you have to wait in line for, you know, food and clothes and stuff? And yeah, she's and she like, kind of points out that Poland is the only country that likes America in Europe, which was kind of true at the time that Poland was sort of the center in the late eighties. This is eighty seven, so we're only two years away from the fall of the Berlin Wall, um, where you know the resistance movement, like Valesa and people like that, were you know very central to the resistance to communism. So yeah, there were a lot of very pro-American elements in Poland, not to mention the Pope, John Paul II was Polish and very pro Western and pro uh, democracy. So anyway. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of capitalism. I don't think late stage capitalism is doing much for us right now. And I'm not a super big commie, although you can call me one. She's a little bit of a commie. But this Not episode, a super big commie, This no. episode is so clearly of the 80s because it's this whole, like, yeah. America, like, tell us how terrible Poland is. and you know. Yeah, although the way they present it is a little, we can get into it's this. but kind of progressive for the 80s. In, in a weird way, because the professor is, I don't think, supposed to be, is supposed to be seen as a dick, kind of. Yeah, cause and, the, because she one-ups him because he makes some comment about... What is it that he says? Something about laws, and he yeah. like make, basically makes a mistake in what he's saying. About oh, he's, the yeah, US. he's saying that it takes two thirds of Congress to pass a law, and she's like, "Well, no, it takes a majority, and then two thirds to override a veto." And so it's kind of fun because then the teacher is kind of like sheepish about you're right, and yeah. I was like, "Yeah, girl, get that teacher," because I mean, I think he was just trying to show the kids how great America is, but he was annoying me. So yeah. Um, so the class lets out, they're in the hall and Judy says something to her about like, good job, you know, whatever. There's a girl in front of them in the hallway with a red zebra sweater. Oh, I totally missed that. And I loved everything about it. But also they, Judy's, you know, trying to befriend her and everything. And so the discount Jennifer Grey, the host (laughs) family girl, 
She's like, hey, why don't we all go to the mall? And she's like, yeah, why don't you go to the mall? Like, she the whole time oh, yeah. is just like, so I don't want this Nadia girl around me, period. So then Judy takes Nadia to the mall. So Nadia is overwhelmed by uh, American decadence of a 1980s mall. This reminded me when I was watching it of, of the Stranger Things, um, the most recent season, not really a spoiler, where Eleven gets taken to the mall by... Um, Max. Max, thank you. Um, and they, they have this little montage of her discovering all the joys of being a teenager at the mall, which she never had because, you know, her life. So it's the same kind of concept here. You know, Nadia's never gotten to eat ice cream at the mall and, you know, get her hair done and all that kind of stuff. So Judy's trying to get her Americanized as best she can. And just hang out with her and friend her. I mean... Yeah. Give her the normal teenage experience. That's what she wants is the normal teenage American experience. And she's, she's very impressed by the ATM machine, you know, that, oh, it just spits out money. Well, and we had the thing, too, where sh- they're at the shoe store and she's, like, running shoes, oh, yeah. tennis shoes. The bourgeoisie has told you you need shoes for everything. Mm-hmm. And we get the simple, the Sybil Shepherd joke that Judy says where she's like, oh, if yeah. you're, uh, she said, if you're a Sybil Shepherd, you need... Fancy pair, or something, uh, you know, dress shoes or something. I don't remember exactly how it goes. Yeah, well, I, she's talking about tennis shoes, but she. Says, I remember like, down the simple shepherd reference a, was fun. I can't remember how she put it, but yeah. Yeah, so toward the end of this sequence, uh, Nadia notices a very handsome, sort of greased-haired leather jacket wearing. Is he handsome though? Not really. She thinks he's handsome. He's well, like he, forty-five years old. He walks by. He looks like a greaser. But he also, he really stubble. needs a shave. Yeah. Like, he's got stubble, but not in, like, a fun way. He's, like, a mix no. between a pirate and a greaser. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> and so she's, like, talking to him and hitting on, and he's hitting on her, which oh, is yeah. creepy. And she is feeling it. Yeah. And, she, and he's like, wait till you see my wheels, which is a great then cut to... A car auction. So the, the, the car connection connects the two stories. There's some actually clever editing in this to keep yeah. these two stories from being completely disparate. We meet our uh, our corrupt used car salesman, Mario, here. Which they keep saying Mario. Yeah, which is weird. Um, but, okay. Well, and I wrote down, so this guy who plays Mario, Mario, he's like your... He is totally a that guy Italian actor. He's been oh, yeah. in a ton of things. Before this, he was in Night Court, Dynasty, L.A. Law, and he was on The Sopranos later. Oh, so he's huh. like he's like a that guy like Italian guy. Just so if you need an Italian who sounds just a little sleazy. Well, because I saw him and I was like, that guy looks familiar. So, so they're they're buying the frames of a car which I was not totally clear on and we hear the plan later do we want to go ahead and divulge the plan here to well, make it clear so, what's going on um so basically what we've got is Mario and then our two guys from the shop and so Delano Mario's last name is also Delano so I'm thinking he's older of course and he owns this used car lot so I don't know if maybe he's like an uncle or a brother I don't know that mm. we ever get told but this is explained later in the episode, but I'm going to go ahead and explain it so we can understand why they're here. Yes, please do. <laughs> yeah. So they're at this auction, and it's an insurance auction. So what they're doing is that Delano and his friend Mark are, you know, stealing the cars, stripping down the cars, and then they keep the parts, and then the frames, they, like, you know, drop off somewhere. So then the frames are found by the police or whatever, 
And then that means that the owners will then, you know, put in for their insurance, get their insurance money. So then these frames are then sold at the insurance auction. Mm -hmm. So what the kids are doing is they're going with Mario to the auction to be like, to kind of point out, like, be like, hey, this frame right here, this is the one. So buy this. And so then, of course, Mario is buying these frames really cheap. Right. Um, and he's a used car salesman, so I guess you have probably my guess is the people that come to these auctions have to be allowed at these auctions. I'm not really sure how that works. So he's buying the frames back, then the boys are rebuilding the cars and selling the cars and making quite the profit because they're only basically spending money on the frames. Right. Which are cheap. And then also Mario is using them as drivers to drive stuff to the auction. Like, it's a tit-for-tat kind of thing because Mario is basically selling lemons. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he's having them make stops along the way to put the odometers back and stuff like that. Yeah, fix the cars to make them look. So that's basically what they're doing. So they're at this auction, and the guys kind of point out... Tomorrow, like, that's the frame that we need. Right. I, I just want to side note here. I bought a few used cars in my life, and all the used car salesmen, I've, maybe I've just been lucky, have always been – you can sense nice. that they're fighting this reputation they've gotten from media like this for their entire lives. Well, you know that every funny? used car salesman is rolling odometers back and you'll, you'll, sleazy. You'll, I mean, maybe – that maybe might have been the case more back then, because that's always the trope is that used car salesmen are. I mean, look at Matilda's dad. He's oh yeah, he's awful. They're always awful. Um, you and I have bought cars together because we're a married couple, and I remember when we were looking for my car, it was worse to me, so much worse when we actually went to the actual the dealership the dealership yeah. because they were like pushy oh yeah super pushy like yeah made me feel really uncomfortable and anytime i mean i haven't bought that many cars in my life but like anytime i've gone to maybe it's also because we live in a place where there's a bunch of like good old boys but right you know when we bought we went then to a used car dealership and they were helpful super yeah. nice Gave us a good deal. It's it's just funny to me. I just want to put a plug in for the used car dealers of America. Yeah, they're not, they're all... not all bad. Um, yeah. So anyway, they they start bidding, and they think it's going to get easy because who wants this crappy frame of a car? And then a guy who looks like he should be betting on the horses. <laughs> he's got this hat with a card in it that looks – I mean, he kind of reminds me of – what's his name? Murray from uh, Ocean's Eleven, uh, the Carl Reiner character. Um, you said oh, he reminds you of somebody else. Um, he reminds me of – the the dad from the or no 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 the grandpa from, from the, the Goldbergs, Goldbergs yes yeah <laughs> but I mean he's he's yeah he's got anyway, like a cigar and he's so stereotypical and he's also you know it's an auction so the auctioneer is doing his auctioneer thing and when he's making his bids they're so soft he's like two two fifty like yeah. he's barely talking it's really funny. And, of course, Mario is bidding. So this is a little bit of an overextended bit as far as I'm concerned. But eventually they finally go over and buy the guy off and basically like <laughs> if, you, if you'll take a few hundred dollars to shut up basically. Um, and so they finally are able to buy this frame for a little more expensive than they intended to. <laughs> I love it after, after this whole thing is done. Um, Mark is the, the other yeah. kid. Yeah. Uh, is is like I hate this place. It's so crooked, which is funny given that they're running a scam yep. in the middle of it. Um, well, because Mario is basically like, 
he tells them he wants 20% of the profit on this one because, you know, well, because they were like, do you think that guy was a shill? And he's like, maybe they notice these two punks coming like every yeah. week or whatever it is. So, And then anyway. they're like, hey, free enterprise and high fives, um, which is why I think, I mean, this may not be the time to talk about it, but that this is a sort of underhanded kind of thing by the writers kind of clever and subtle I think of sort of undercutting the whole argument of like we're teaching these communists about how to really you know live a good life when this is what capitalism creates is these kids who have to scrounge and uh try to in a weird way con their way to riches I'll talk about this more maybe later but I actually kind of feel bad for these kids because what they really want is to open their own shop. And they're obviously very good at what they do because they can, like, take cars apart and put them back together. I mean, they would probably be great mechanics. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, doing criminal enterprise is a good thing. They're teenagers, and this is probably the only way they knew they could be able to do this kind of thing. And if Mario is a brother or an uncle or a whatever... He's just not a great influence. I don't know. Yeah. I, f- I really feel bad for them. As do I. So anyway, finally, this is our first commercial break, at least on Hulu again. Um, I'm assuming the first commercial, which is a heck of a lot of stuff to happen before the first commercial. Anyway, we return from the commercial to shop class, and they're they're busy fixing it. I have a note about this because you wouldn't know this. But Mark at one point goes over and like chastises another student in the class. It's just right. a random student. Right. He says, Hey, Vinny, you're doing that wrong. There's a right and a wrong way to do it. Italian hand gestures. Yes. Anyway, yes. Vinny is played by a gentleman named Sal Jinko, which is not to be confused with the character, character of Jinko. Captain Jinko. Sal Jinko was, I was going to say roommate, but apparently, so he and Johnny Depp were like buddies and they lived together in like a car or a van or something like I say they were roommates but from what I've read it's they like lived in a car together essentially and so he's buddies with Johnny Depp and he was obviously came up to Vancouver I guess maybe to hang out with Johnny and so (laughs) this is funny he's on this show he's also I think in Johnny Brasco and spoiler alert he actually becomes a regular on 21 Jump Street later, but not as the same character. This is just, I'm sure, Johnny, like, getting him a gig, basically. But he's an interesting guy. I also think that he was in the band P, like, the letter P with Johnny Depp. For I think he was one of the band members. They were in a band. That's some Johnny Depp knowledge for you. Uh, Encyclopedic knowledge of Johnny Depp can be found on this podcast. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it was funny because... He said, hey, Vinny. And I looked and I was like, hey, that's Sal. <laughs> <laughs> so they're taking all this very seriously. This is where we find out, I think, for, for the first time, or at least it's explicit that they're going into business together. Fixing they this car is their, mentioned it a couple times. is their midterm, you know, so this is all very serious. Anyway, Penhall, of, of course, turns out to be Hanson's source, quote unquote. Oh, well, right, for... because they do say they're like, uh... Did your friend get that black box yet? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's on his way. So he shows up with a... He shows up with a paper bag. Yes, a paper bag saying he's bringing Anton's lunch. Well, the lunch. way he says it, he's like, you forgot your lunch. She, <laughs> like, makes it... God, I, every actually, time he's on screen, I... I, It's probably going to get so annoying to hear me say this every time, but man. 
Love him. Well, especially that uh, with that key earring. He's got an earring that looks that, like a key no, because it is a key. It is an like, actual key. It yeah. is an actual key hanging from it's his something. Ear. Is he the one who's called Midnight Mike? Isn't that his? Yeah, they his, call him Midnight Mike, Midnight the fastest Mike. whatever. Like so, supposedly he like, you know, can steal a car super mm. fast, and he's got a standing bet for anyone who wants to try. You know, they're they're giving the bona fides of this character. So, so anyway, while our our criminal high schoolers are putting the, the computerized part into the engine. Penhall and Hanson have a little hush-hush conversation about whether this is the car that was stolen. Yeah. Um, and Hanson, being the super cop that he is, has memorized the serial number, whatever it is, the I, or I guess it's the VIN well, of the car. Well, he also, Penhall, this is another, I have a note for another like weird dub because for cursing, because um, oh, I skipped that. Yeah, Pinhall says, "You think this is it?" Like in the middle of their shop class, and you see Hanson say, "Yeah, pretty gutsy, gutsy. right?" <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he said "ballsy" from the way. It's yeah. so obviously a dub. It's so funny. Yeah, I, I just every time that skipped happens, over that because there's. Too. I think we mentioned every overdub is going to be a very long podcast because my goodness, it's so many overdubs. Um, so Hanson, <laughs> it's a kind of a funny bit actually. Is trying to get Penhall to. Memorize very quickly before the teacher notices that there that there's this guy who's not Random a student guy. in their class um, to memorize the 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 number, and of course the coach does notice them. Um, yeah, and that's when Pinhall is like, "I'm not Kreskin." Yeah, which we were like, "What does that mean?" And I actually Googled it. Oh, good. He was like a mentalist in like the 70s he was on uh, television yeah. and stuff I, the name sounded familiar 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 to me but i didn't know why at this point it was also when i wondered uh, i started wondering how much the teacher was in on this whole thing which we kind of learn more about later but um anyway so let's just keep going cut to the courtyard at the school and uh <laughs> judy is kind the, of the other school and yes at, at where judy is and Judy and, and I guess Jennifer's there too, and they're all kind of wondering like, where's Nadia and what's she up to? Oh, she's just a nerd. Who knows? She's just studying. She was so, probably at the library. Right. And Nadia arrives on the back of a motorcycle, being driven by Mr. the guy from the mall, Mr. Pirate Greaser. Right, Pirate Greaser, forty-five year old, um, with her hair all eighties oh, up. She, the rest of this episode, her hair is just because she had it like back in a ponytail, sh- oh, yeah. and she was wearing clothes that were very like very whatever Eastern European. And communist. she, her hair is just big and. Fabulous. She's got fishnet stockings yeah. and a leather jacket and capital E earrings on. And oh. You loved the earrings this, this episode. This episode, there were just so many great earrings. <laughs> Judy's earrings, like every scene was new ones. And they're all, well, the, the thing about them the is, they're, huge earrings. is they're just so gigantic. I, I guess it was the 80s. It was just how it was. I love wearing just, big earrings. Just like big, one big earring. On like I really want the Judy's earring from the first scene with the lady on it. I want to make something like that. Um, yeah, I was like, oh man, Nadia, okay. Embrace America, Nadia. I think that's basically the gist of that scene. Because I th- well, I saw something. I don't remember why I have this written down. I have American Dream in quotes, like she's just chasing the American, American Dream, Dream or something. Yeah. Was, was this when she was in class? And oh, it was the teacher saying, "I'm glad that you're embracing the American Dream." Because yeah. that's when she's like, "It's nothing. We just don't right. have the products." I guess yeah. she's talking about her hair and her, and it was that outfit. same teacher. Yeah. And he's like, "I'm glad you're embracing the American dream," which I wrote. Apparently, the American dream is that D because man, yeah. she is like, yeah, we're we're gonna see a lot more um, Nadia getting around. So now we cut to Penhall's butt. I, I wrote Pete's butt. 
Yes. Exclamation point. And 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 a big thumbs up. So what's happening mm-hmm. is. Well, you're not saying a big thumbs up. Pinhole like makes this really big thumbs up. Yeah, exactly. Gesture. Well, I, I mean, thumbs up to pinholes, but it, it, it's true. <laughs> I mean, at, jeans. We, I was gonna say we forget they're tight, but I guess jeans are back to being tight again. But, um, is yeah. he is going to hotwire a car? I sort of say in quotes. Hanson's kind of set this up, I, or they've set it up somehow, where it's gonna make it look like he can hotwire a car in record time. Like Ten seconds. Even though they've basically got the wires sticking out of the car, the other kids don't know this. So Penhall shows up, and they're like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Um, there's also I, I don't. This is the point where tail is overdubbed yeah, for ass again. Because um, they say something like, "Oh, look at that new record," and Delano's like, "Yeah, I guess he's okay." You know, clearly he's. He's been the big shot. And Mark's like, okay, he whipped your tail, which... Yeah. And here, so, I think, again, this is the... Why ima- can't they just use butt? Because I don't... Yeah. Maybe they think tail fits the mouth movement better, but, like, nothing no, else nothing, does. It so. doesn't fit at all. It's 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 not as bad as yippee Kaye Mr. Falcon from <laughs> TNT back in also, the day. Also, these but... guys totally would have said ass, but I understand if they're trying to... But they're not going to say tail instead of, like, butt yeah, either. Even 80s high schoolers wouldn't have said that. So now we get a, a little nice scene in the car where the, the boys are talking about – this, again, is I was going to say was a nice – because we talked about the American dream, Nadia's American dream. And this is their American dream <laughs> is to open the shop that only serves like the high-end you know, BMWs and Porsches and, and they're gonna have that kind of stuff. And they're going to have white overalls. Right. And have... with their names – I love this with their names on the back because as they point out, when are you looking at their face? Like they're always like, – Yeah, exactly. down if you're yelling the down to your guy. Like baseball players, you know. I mean um, I, I actually really love their idea. They're going to have leather couches, new magazines in the waiting room, which really no is the dream. No old magazines. Uh, that is the dream. And a picture window. And, and a picture window so people can watch them work on the cars. I mean, it all sounds great. And this is the point where I'm like, oh, I kind of feel bad for these guys. Yeah. Of course, you know, we get the whole thing where um, Pinhall and Hanson are like – Takes a lot of money, and they're like, "Yeah, don't we takes know?" Takes a lot of dough. Oh, dough! I'm they, sorry. Do, they use dough all the time for money, and it's very Italian, or maybe it's the '80s. I don't know. Um, so this is again where we get explained what we're Mario's... trying to be a hard guy and show that you're a tough guy and not at all a police officer. <laughs> I guess it's his undercover lingo. Um, so this is where we get Mario's plan explained with the odometer fraud and all of that. Um, and then Penhall brings up Hanson's insurance issues, which causes Hanson, you could see the PTSD He's in like, Hanson's face. Well, and um, what you're saying about Mario's thing is that Mario had asked them to find more drivers. So because of this whole hot wiring situation, they're in now. So like yeah. the guys trust them. So another one of those clever edits, we're cut back to the mall and a guy Why is it a clever edit? Because this guy is in insurance. Oh, that's right. Um, who is who's hitting on Nadia. She's and so Judy's on the phone with Jenko trying to be like, Everything's fine. She's just kinda went crazy for a bit, but uh, it's and meanwhile she's chatting up this insurance guy and then walk this like ginger guy with so much with a facial beard, hair. Yeah. And he's like, I'm an in insurance and he I don't remember Mentions what, he has what a, kind what of car he a Porsche? Says. Something, yeah, it was a nice no, car. No, the Porsche's later. This, Camaro. Yeah. It's a, he has a Camaro. She's like, I've always wanted to ride a Camaro. She's like all in on the USA. Yeah. And on every man yeah, Every man who breathes. Uh, so anyway, they walk off and Judy's like, no, of course she's right here. No, I'm not looking at her. And turns around and of course she's gone. Well, she's on the phone with Jinko. It's like, I hate it when you're right and runs off. And then she walks out. It says something that gets overdubbed. Also, I wrote down, what time is it? Because they're both... It's like the middle of the night. Yeah, this was the weird part to me, is they're both at the mall. 
And then she hangs up, and then she goes outside, and the Camaro is, like, just... Well, because he asked her if she wanted to learn how to drive. Oh, So yeah. she, She's like, driving. speeds off crazy. Yeah. And I was like, it looks really late at night, but I guess the mall was still open. I don't know. Anyway. And, and Holly Robinson generally is a pretty good actor, but in this scene is, is doing she the, does like, a, oh. oh, shucks thing. And, and, of course, it's overdubbed. And, and she's like, hits her forehead with her hand. It's a little bit much, but, you know, I'll, I'll give her a pass. So, commercial break. Come back from commercial break uh, uh, to a, a shot of the car ads in the paper. And so we're back at 21 Jump Street. Um, also debriefing what's already happened because when they because what we missed was when they went and broke into the shop and they did scalpel other scalpel um, Hanson and Penhall uh-huh. there was nothing in there right so that's why they went to the chapel they're now checking the classifieds to see if those rebuilt cars are being sold by anyone right but the same kinds of cars essentially right. and I I've written down Chico's hat. And ring. Oh yeah, because he's got the. Um, is it a bray? I don't remember. Yeah, it's kind of like a. It's it's kind of like a flat cap, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it was a flat cap. It's, and he's it's a got good this look. ring on his pointer finger that's like this big, like turquoise ring. Anyway, I thought that was fabulous. So, uh, Judy is re- reporting on Nadia and, and Nadia's um, shenanigans. Well, she, and... yeah, she comes in, and I wrote French jacket is back because oh, yeah. she had that French jacket from the pilot. Mm-hmm. Like, over just one shoulder, like, walking in, like, uh, she's gone again, run off with some guy. He decided um, that she needed to learn how to drive, or whatever. And, <laughs> uh, Penhall is kind of creepily interested in this not well, character Well, because he's like, why know... can't you keep up with her? And she's like, the Rolling Stones couldn't keep up yeah. with her. She's like, yeah. does this and this and this, and so, yeah, that's Running after all the men. he's like... What was that girl's number again yeah. or something? And I'm like, no, <laughs> she is 17 years old. So then Jake, uh, and I, I was, I just written down actually, ironically enough, that Ioki hadn't had a lot to do this episode. So yeah. they give Ioki something to do, and boy, they give him something to do, which is to date Nadia right, to so, keep him, keep her well, cause in line. This, essentially, through this conversation, Hanson's like, well, why don't you find her a guy to hang out with instead yeah. of a girl? Because that's obviously what she's looking for. And Pinhole's like. I don't normally volunteer for things, and I'm the whole time I'm like, okay, I don't know, I you know the '80s were a different time, but real were they though? Like he's you know because she's talking about how fast she is and how she loves to just party, and I'm like, she's seven, she's seventeen. Like, are none of us remembering that she is seventeen years? Oh, I can't. I, I can't. It's 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 icky. It, there's it's nothing icky. that's gonna make it. But anyway, icky. so then that's when. Yeah. So it's like no. It's, go it's and, gonna be Ioki. Uh, yeah. Um. It's just something about immigrant expertise. I guess the it's like oh y'all you immigrants are the same you know the ones from Japan and the ones from Poland. Yeah. But, um. So smash cut to Ioki's sucking face with Nadia. I mean, I put ew no 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 yeah, like, I cannot like I mean they. Our Their tongues are down each other's throats in the movie theater. Hardcore making out. Uh, and Judy's sitting in front of them looking absolutely mortified. And uh, I am also mortified. Uh, finally, she breaks them up by telling Nadia, doesn't she want to get some more whatever from the concession Isn't stand? Isn't she hungry? Yeah. And she says, yes, she's hungry. And he's like, thank you for giving me this job. Yeah, so, it's so creepy. So she walks she to goes, the concession stand and so then Judy and Ioki are there and Ioki's like yeah. this is awesome and and I'm like what? no it's just not it's not okay so at the concession stand she meets yet another guy and this guy says he's a talent scout well he says something about you know actresses like finding actresses and she's like 
stop the hustle. <laughs> like, yeah. she, she knows what's up already. Um, and then he finally admits that he's just an attorney. But that means, of course, and she knows well, that he must yeah. have a nice car. Yeah, so she's like, what car do you drive? Yeah. And he's like, a Porsche. And she's like, I have always wanted to ride in a Porsche with an attorney. And so she leaves with, with that guy. guy. And what's funny <laughs> this is that is so great. The, the funniest editing choice in the world is they cut to a stand-up, like one of those stand-ups you have in a movie theater lobby, of Clark Gable looking kind of cheeky, like, oh, that cheeky guy. <laughs> like, he's like, you go get yours, girl. <laughs> yes, it's the funniest, like, Which, non sequitur. I, mean, I feel like we're being kind of mean and, like, kind of slut-shaming Nadia, but it's just... It's more from the men's perspective that... This is it's, a girl, not yes, a woman. Yes, I'm concerned about these grown men taking this teenage girl partying all the time. So we cut to Mario's house um, <laughs> where Jenko is doing his best, has a cowboy hat and is doing his he best Texas accent. so cowboy and I, it's hilarious. Well, Frederick Forrest, Forrest is, is actually from Texas. Which so is I why he's, if, he's doing it. I mean, it's, it's... I was like, that Texas is coming out. It's I, spot on Texas, for it sure. It is so Texas. As a person who is and from so Texas. he is at Mario's house, not Mario's used car place, but Mario's home, looking at a car. So we can discern that when they were looking earlier at the newspaper, at the ads, this is one of the ads of a car that was similar to one of the ones that was stolen. So right. he's looking at it as a potential buyer. I also love that his cover name for this is Jenkins, I believe. No, it's like Jinky. Jinky. I'm like, way to go, Jenko. That's a super well, nice cover here name. Here was my question is, because, um, what's Mario's last name again? Oh, oh uh, Delano. Delano. Because at the end he says, thank you, Mr. Delaney. And he's like, it's Delano. And then he says, Jinky. So I'm like, did Jinko tell him his name was Janky, or did he actually use his real last name? Because either way, he needs to be a little it, more creative. This is bad police work. Um, and then, you know, even leaves saying, y'all take care now, you hear? Anyway, they, he basically says he has to go talk to the little lady at home, you know, about whether he can but buy the car. But it was just basically so he could get a look right. at this car, and it was clearly one of the cars that had been stolen. And then he goes back to debrief the plan. Um, I kind of lost the plot here a little bit. I just have written This is when we fog. go back to Hanson and Penhall in their car. Like, I think they get a call from Jinko, so they're discussing it. So they're like, that's when they figure out the insurance fraud thing. Right. And that they're, you know, then they're driving these cars for... that. That's how they figure out what the two kids are doing and how Mario is included in all of that. Yeah. Then I put... Pinhole and flannel. Mm, yeah. He had a flannel shirt. He, a flannel a shirt, yes. Anyway. Uh, again, if we stop for every time Penhall is sexy, we just will have no time for anything else. It's true. Um, so we're back in the shop now. We're with, with Coach. With Coach. And this is where we discover that where Coach is getting all these cars is from Mario. Um, right, but Coach doesn't know. He's not in on... The, the whole criminal plan. aspect, because they are actually explaining it to him. So right. they explain what the kids are doing, and he's like, oh, that's that's pretty, that's good, that's, that's pretty clever. clever. This yeah. is the best class I've ever had. <laughs> but, like, he's also not in on it, and he thinks, they're like, well, do you think that Mario's just doing this out of the goodness of his own heart, basically? And they tell him not to get involved, not to get in the way of the... Of them doing their job. Right, well, because they have obviously and he's know, like, revealed he's themselves like, as, as you know, police officers. I admire... That they can do all of that, but you know, and yeah, he says I he, want them to be on the up and up. He won't basically. interfere with the investigation. So the teacher 
didn't really know what was going on. I thought maybe he, he was in on it, I, but that was kind of red well, herring, I think. But we didn't mention it. But er, like when when um, Hanson first gets there, he makes Delano pay him twenty bucks. So they ask him about the twenty bucks, and he's like, "Oh, Delano broke something, the klutz. So he broke like one of the tools or something. So it had nothing to do with the other. It was kind of a red herring right. thing. So." Uh... <laughs> Pennell and Hanson now will have a, a plot to uh, to catch their 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 thieves, the thieves, the um, um, which leads to Aoki. I don't think I missed anything here. Aoki is going, going to the to... budget rent a car to rent a car that they're then and going I to put, steal. Aoki is killing his the suit jacket game this episode. It's true. I, I feel like he's definitely on that end of like the he's Don like, Johnson thing going he's on. Like yeah, yeah. The, the he's the Vietnamese. Well, I guess in. Japanese. And he's roll. Well, see, he's Don like Johnson, he's got but... those, the also. What is it with the swoop jackets where you roll the sleeves up too? It was a thing. It was. It was just a look. So yeah, he, he has the pulled so, sleeves. He goes into the budget rental place. So he's gonna rent a car, and so their their plan, which I think is a little suspect, and I'm not sure why there's not some kind of protocol for this where they could get another car, but their plan is to get a car. That those guys will then steal, take the parts out of, and leave, you know, do the thing that they've been doing. And their hope is that they can then rebuild it and, I guess, take it back to the rental place. Which, even if that's the plan, I'm, I don't know that that would be... Yeah. Anyway. Oh, anyway, so he, she asked if he wants the extra insurance. He's like, I don't think No, I'll... they're saying they don't have they don't comprehensive it. because it was... A fancy car. Fancy it was car, one right. of the foreign ones. Which what is it that he gets? Do you remember? It was something that a Mercedes. Was it a no, Mercedes. That's what it was. It was, a Mercedes it was what they were looking because for. Because that's yeah. what they're looking for. So he has to get a Mercedes, and he gets a certain type of Mercedes. And yeah. they're like, on the foreign cars, we don't right. give comprehensive. And she's like, so your insurance off to cover. He's like, okay, well, I guess that'll be fine. She's like, unless it you gets get stolen. stolen. And yeah. he has this like worried look on his face because that's the entire point. So, um, we cut to they're driving up and looking at the car and like, oh, look right. at that perfect car. Right, so it's Pinhall, yeah. Hanson, and the two boys in their car driving up the street to the parked car that Harry has rented. And they're basically like, they're I like, don't know, man. And, and, and Deloise is Deloising him his way through the scene and like, I was going to take it on a date for myself. And, if you guys don't want it. And they're like, okay, yeah. you know. So... Then we cut to 21 Jump Street again, uh, the location. Um, the chapel. And Nadia, of course, is missing with the guy she ran off but, with at the yeah, movie theater. Yeah, she's been missing for like, she says, she's only been gone one night. And he's like, she's been missing for a day and a half because it's the... Um, right, the handler, the vaguely Eastern European <laughs> guy. Which, this to me is tells me how much different the 80s was because this is a 17 year old girl who is supposedly going to school who is in a completely different country and they're like yeah she's only been missing for a whole night mm-hmm. I'm like I I would hope that if my 17 year old daughter was missing for like two hours that we would be more concerned about looking for her 
Uh-huh. But it's the eighties, so it's yeah. I mean, that's a, well, you, we, uh, she's probably just and well, and then she does this whole like she's probably just out partying with her friends to pl- to plug another podcast. Okay. The wonderful podcast, my favorite murder, talks about how uh, the seventies. You know, kids just go missing, and, and they're and, like, oh, and, they must have just run away. I don't know what and happened the 80s to them. Too, like, they're yeah. like, it was a different time. Yeah, so it's it just was a different time. I think I don't know if anything. But happens. of course, he is freaking out. So they do eventually find her, and she is out. Having a wild, drunken party. Well, they haven't found her. Yeah, but she we is cut to, cut her. to her. I guess. Yeah, sorry. Uh, having what I like to call the friends opening sequence party in the fountain, which is splashing she's around. Literally, just we see a bench where there's like beer cans. Oh yeah. And she is just like frolicking in this fountain with a bunch of people, and a guy that I assume is the lawyer from before. Yeah. Although you would think he would know better. Well, but, I think it know, looks like he's just drunk. You think and, he would know better than to date a seventeen-year-old too? And so. I think he's 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 definitely. I uh, put Nadia, good lord. He's uh, yeah. I think he's uh, under the spell She's of this beautiful Eastern European I mean, girl. You, you know, know. I, um, yeah. He's having a midlife crisis. I think so is then what's we happening. See, like some beat cops come up. Yeah, beat cops come up and are getting him out. And she walks up. They're to like, the, okay, get out of there. Walks up to the cop and grabs the the. She's like, "Can I have your hat?" A hat off of his head and puts it on her and, and laughs. This really funny, like weird, weird laugh, like and jumps back in the I fountain. I am acting and laughing laugh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it basically, so Nadia's just like, you know, I have an advantage of not having the secret police after me, which um, we'll get into right after. The commercial break. Um, so we basically Nadia is in obviously some kind of holding tank from being She's arrested. She's in downtown, yeah. yeah. The- um, and is, is talking to Judy and has discovered now that Judy is in fact not her friend but a police officer sent to mind her. And she is very mad that Judy She's is basically. Like, I thought you didn't do that in America. I'm like, oh, sweet oh, baby honey. angel. <laughs> it's sweet not that. Sweet little naive. You shouldn't be so naive, but you're. And I got sidetracked here because Nadia's wrote, hair was so pretty. <laughs> that's what I was just about to say. Nadia's hair is fabulous. It's just, it is very, it's A, he's fabulous, but also it's sort of <laughs> unironically beautiful. But anyway. Well, also I took the time to write a note that says, what does Sally Jesse think? So the yeah. <laughs> her mom. I ask that her, question all the time. <laughs> no, the the host parents. Yes, no, I know like what you mean. total squares. I'm like, how did they... How do they not know where she is? Are they worried? Do they pay attention to like it that's that's also the weird part to me is that she's like never at their house. Mm-hmm. But again, I guess it was the eighties, but I'm like Sally Jesse Raphael. What are you doing? <laughs> Discount Sally Jesse, what are you doing? So this is actually kind of a sweet heart to heart conversation about, you know, what what about are you how doing? terrible communism is. Well, and she discusses that communism is basically boring, which I think is actually not a bad critique of at least how Soviet communism went, that it was indeed, there was no, like, like everybody had to be the same. But she is talking about basically how in two or three weeks or whatever she has to go back to Poland and... Yeah. And so she's trying, she reveals that she's trying to find a husband. Which I wrote down, baby, that is not how you find a husband. By just leaping into bed with every man she meets. Well, well, because, you know... Judy is, like, being really nice and doing this heart-to-heart, and she's like, I know you're smart. Are you trying to fit in an entire lifetime in, like, three weeks? Right. And she basically says that if she gets married, 
she doesn't have to go back directly or she can get a visa, which I'm not even sure if that's how that works. Like if she were to get engaged, you know, you can marry your way into citizenship. I don't know. Because people, I think people think that, that like you, you meet somebody and you marry them. You just automatically can become a citizen or something. I mean, there are people in our country that thinks that that is how it works. And it is extremely difficult to become a citizen of this country, and that's where I'm going to stop that before I <laughs> get on a huge rant about it. But it, 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 to this, I mean, obviously Nadia thinks it is all that really matters to the episode. Um, I mean, I think maybe at the time, I'm, I'm sure there's something to that. Like, yeah. it can start the process easier or some, I don't know, because I don't know how that would have worked at the time, especially coming from a communist I would yeah, country. Yeah, be a little more suspicious for sure. Um, I think that would have been harder. So at anyway, she ends up asking. To me, the important thing here is she asks Judy if she's ever been in love before, and Judy says yes. Which I don't know if that ever pays off, but it's it does strike me as. I don't think so. I mean, she, we're just but. assuming she's an adult. I mean, she's twenty one years old. Yeah. Which to me is a baby, but I mean, I assuming she's twenty one because the I others suppose. are. Well, yeah, I'm not saying she hasn't been in love. I've been in love, too. I was in love when I was 21. I mean, whatever. It It was just, it was sweet, though, the way she asked. Although, who would leave Holly Robinson, honestly? Anyway. I mean, no no one in this room. We had 100%. So, we cut to, is this where the car, we discover the car? This is where Penhall and Hanson and Ioki are driving to where... (laughs) The car was to see if the frame is there. And what happens, Christopher? The car is on fire. Because, as it turns out, with more expensive cars, the parts are worth well, more than the, the car especially the foreign itself. ones, I think, is what yeah. they're saying. That, like, for that particular car. And so, what's funny is they Ioki. pull up and they're like, dude, oh my god! Right. And Ioki loses his mind. Which also, they're, like, driving up to it. I'm like, did they not see the fire from, like, down the road? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'll never plot, be insured plot. ever again. Oh, Ioki is, so is having mad. a Hanson level freak out about he insurance is here. Like, <laughs> I mean, he is like, I'm gonna kill you guys. Well, and here's my thing about Ioki's insurance, which we find out later. I guess they broke protocol to to set this up, but I don't understand why they didn't go to Jinko and get get a Mercedes somehow, like through the because they can they get you know money for drug buys. They get. Things like that. Um, so I don't I don't know why they couldn't have figured out another way to have a car for them to that didn't affect Aoki just going on his own accord with his own car insurance, but whatever. Right. So basically that's the most important thing that happens in that scene. Um, so basically we cut to the used car lot where Mario works and uh, Penhall and Hansen are there negotiating with him to run cars to basically be another one of his his runners playing it cool Aoki's in the car behind them um and they're about to walk away and they turn around and go well, oh they one ask, more thing oh by the way where can we find Mark and Delano oh yeah so they need and to he's like he yeah is. they're in the back but get going do my thing for me and they're like oh by the way we're cops essentially and, and Penhall says busted well he says you are Busted, and then <laughs> Johnny Depp lets out the Pee Wee Herman laugh—a perfect Pee Wee Herman laugh. I mean, I he add. did a really good job with that Pee Wee Herman. I, I can't even—I I was going to try to do I one. Do I can't either. do it either. But um, which is again, I just any time yeah. that Johnny Depp pre Tim Burton is doing it. I mean, I think this was before the Tim Burton Pee Wee Herman movie, wasn't it? 
I, think I have so. no idea when that the, movie the timeline came is, out but specifically. I mean, Pee Wee was a TV show. TV I think show, the TV show I had just come do out. Do not think that the movie had come. So out. I just love the t- the inadvertent Tim Burtonisms <laughs> that come out of before Johnny Depp becomes Tim Burton's favorite son. So that's just funny. I love when funny. they do that kind of stuff too, because it's obvious that I that's probably not a scripted. That thing. was totally out of he he and. Deloise later on they do a lot of really fun stuff together they're just it's fun so they go uh to talk to De- uh, Delano and and Mike I guess his name Mark. is Mark Mark I can't remember his name um and long story short they're like so what's in here and it's like all the parts, parts to that yeah. and they're like admitting uh, to all the were crimes. you gonna put it back together and they're like no the parts are and they're like right right <laughs> And then they're like, we have some bad news for you guys. Yeah. We're cops. And they're like, and they're like bah, that's hilarious. You, know, you guys you, are you young, You young looking people, which is especially funny, I feel like, with Deloise, who does not even, even more than Johnny, looks like mid-20s. Well, because he's like six feet tall. Yeah. He's such a big I mean, dude. not that you can't be six feet tall in high school, but. Yeah, but. Um, so finally, they do believe that they are, in fact, cops. They're like, and they're they like, make. They're like, you're killing the dream, man. Why would you do this to us? <laughs> Come Which, on, I mean, brah. again, I do feel kind of bad for them. But. Uh, and they, so they make a run for it. So we have to have a foot chase. And, and, and uh, Penhall's like, they're running. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, they're running. So they, they're like, okay, fine. But it doesn't get very, they don't even get yeah, out of the lot. Yeah, because Delano stops and he's like, <laughs> man, they know, what are we doing? They know, they know where, where we, we live. live. And also, I had written that down anyway. I'm like, I love when, especially like teenagers, when they run, because it's like, where are you gonna go? Right, and how do you? What do you think's gonna happen? What do you think's gonna happen now? Like, just I always feel like watching. You ever watch those car chases? They used to always happen on cable, like on like Fox News, especially. I love to do it, like where you had cut to a car chase in L.A. And I'm like, where do the what? How do they think this is gonna? This never ends well. But anyway, um, so. Fight or flight, man. My favorite is that Penhall. Once they catch him, literally slaps the kid on the wrist, like just just goes Pah! like. A good kid. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, this, uh, all these little ad lib moments are, do kind of make the show so then, more than it know, would be otherwise. They've been arrested. They've been arrested, and that's commercial break. Um, and so we have uh, we're we're now to the end of the, the stinger or whatever you want to think of it is the last little scene here to wrap up the Nadia storyline. We're in the airport as Nadia is headed back to to Poland. Has has I guess reconciled herself to her her new life. Uh, and well, Judy, and she, is, by the way, is wearing another amazing set oh of gosh, earrings. Judy just always looks fabulous. Well, you were about to say. Well, no, she's talking to Judy, and she basically thinks Judy, and Judy's like, I didn't do anything, and she's like, I know, that's the point. I, I don't know, it's very cute, and um, she's like, well, you have to go back to Poland. Are you? Will you maybe come back someday? And she's like, maybe. You know, it's it's. it's and she has met yet another nice. guy, but this well, guy is a little nerdy guy, adorable. Who I'm assuming is age appropriate. They make Looks it look like he's probably yeah. also a teenager named Chris. And I was like, get you a Christopher girl, nerdy Christophers. I'm telling you, they nerdy Christopher. Um, I'm gonna say, mm-hmm. get a nerdy Christopher. Everyone needs one. That's all I'm saying. See, the other guys wouldn't take care of her needs. I know the nerdy Christopher would take care of her needs. That's all I'm saying. Nerdy Christophers are not selfish in the bedroom. That's all I'm saying. It's now it's now on the internet, so I just like to let everyone know. It's, it is true. It's good if to If it know. ever changes, I'll let the internet know. <laughs> Thank Don't you. you worry. It's not going to change. Um, so my favorite bit, which uh, you actually pointed out to me because you were in the room as I was finishing this episode was when Nadia turns around and she has this giant American, American flag, flag on, on the back jacket. of her jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Which I wrote, they're gonna they're gonna 
take that from her as soon as she gets off the plane. Yeah. In Poland. Uh, probably going to like arrest her for her Americanisms <laughs> and her hair. Um, oh. So last. Actually, this wasn't the final scene because we have yet another cut. There are a million cuts in this episode. Oh, right, to the chapel. With to the, the chapel uh, with Penhall, like, doing a celebratory headbutt. No, 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 no. That, it's a sad headbutt because here's – they are giving money yes. to Ioki and they said – For his – We finally sold all of the parts because yes. basically – his insurance. They somehow figured out all those stolen parts from that car yeah. that he rented – they sold them to actual legitimate car dealers, whatever. And he's like, it's still short. And they're like, well, this is the best we could do because we had to sell it to legit people. And then something about, I don't remember exactly what he says. They're in trouble. They're like getting docked. Their pay is getting docked for six months yeah. because they didn't follow procedure. procedure which... And that is when Pinhall headbutts because he's like, what? Ah, he's like upset. Yeah. <laughs> Which, funny to me, is like, you're an undercover cop. I feel like you get a lot of leeway. Like, what's the procedure that he didn't follow? Well, I think follow? it's because he went, because they decided to do this whole scenario with him getting this exact car. Yeah. He did it with his insurance. Still, like, I don't think... He should get some leeway. I don't think they put that through with Captain Because, J- again, Jenko, I'm like, if yeah. they had, maybe the... Higher ups could have gotten them a car that would have had nothing to do with I. I don't know that that whole thing is weird. Whatever. Uh, and I also feel like it's it's still weird to me that the whole insurance like shouldn't they have like some kind of special policeman insurance for these sort of situations? But whatever. I don't then, know how it works. So I had wondered when this was going to show up. So it showed up earlier than I oh. thought. This handshake they do because it's in the credit. It's in the credit at the very so end. Yeah, it's like this like three way handshake where they like sh- and then ends with like well, finger guns. It's doing like. They're like shooting a bird because they're making this yeah. noise. So yeah. they all three come in together yeah. and then they like come up and they're like, Pew, and they're yeah. like making bird sounds and the <laughs> bird just falls. The and... It's this very bizarre. I guess it's anyway, supposed to just show their camaraderie and, and, and a freeze frame. And then that's, that's the episode. So that my friends is America. What a town. America. So, what an episode. What an episode. I, I will like to wrap it up by saying there is, I think, some thematic interestingness with the fact that, you know, while this is supposed to be educating the communists about how great America is, there's also this whole bit about the working man and how the working man doesn't get any respect in America and how these guys are having <laughs> and to how scrape they their way by have to, to get, become criminals to, to get be anywhere in in a capitalist society. So and I feel now, like it's I'm not. I'm thinking about these. I just am going to keep feeling bad for these kids because now, now they've got a record. Record, yeah. Like I don't know. It's it's so it's not a jingoistic eighties like yay Reagan's America is the best place ever kind of show. Uh, I said so I I think it's a little more nuanced. Which than for maybe, the eighties was probably a you know. Then maybe the Nadia storyline would get lead you to immediately think. Yeah. It is. Uh, I mean it's it's not. It, I wouldn't I wouldn't assign it for a class on the Cold War, but it's you know it's it's <laughs> it's interesting. Um, so anyway, what is your favorite eighties moment outfit line something? I think it was, I will say it was definitely not all of these grown-ass men <laughs> running after a 17-year-old girl. Maybe the most 80s thing. <laughs> I was pretty 80s, and it was pretty disgusting. Anyway, the most fabulous 80s thing to me in this episode was Judy's big earring with the lady on it. 
Uh, yeah, I, all the earrings I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I in was this gonna episode. say, is the yours key, just earrings? The the full key stop? earring was great. Um, <laughs> well, just, he's got to show his bona fides as a guy who steals cars. Yeah. <laughs> by wearing a key in his ear. I think I just yeah, just all the earrings were so good in this episode, and just the, the I, you always forget. And we have a whole generation, I mean, not just a generation, I mean, like, people who were, like, been adults for a very long time who don't remember, I barely remember any time when the Cold War was a thing. I mean, I was a baby, practically. You were definitely a baby when the Cold War was happening. I was literally a baby. How much the, like, communist menace and the Soviet Union was, like, every, was everywhere in the 80s, and it was just... Everywhere in the front of everybody's mind, all I mean, the time. Russia is totally in our government right now, so. Well, exactly. So the 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 Russian menace is still a thing, but um, it just it's just fascinating how everybody had to address the 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 Soviet menace at all times. Ironically enough, while the you know Glasnost and Perestroika and Gorbachev and the, it was sort of cooling off at, or. Heating yeah. up, I guess, if you well, thawing, I suppose the Cold War was thawing at this point, and as I said, we're only two years away from it all coming crashing down. So it's funny how much angst and panic there was about mm. communism at the time. Um, anyway, that was sort of the eightiesness to me was just how the, how the politics of it was very interesting too. In addition mm. to the great fashion, so I think that about wraps it up for this week. Um, once again, if you are if you like what you've seen here, please leave a comment <laughs> letting us know us? about that. What you've seen, yeah, I've seen too many YouTube videos. I'm like my daughter; I'm just parroting what <laughs> I see on YouTube. Comment down below. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe, hit smosh that's a subscribe button. Yeah. Um, but yes, th- in but all seriousness, you can do follow us follow if you us. like. Please, that would be wonderful. And uh, let us know what you think, and uh, we'll we're, we'll be headed into episode four next time. And also, you know, you don't have to stand alone because we'll never let you fall. Oh, it's beautiful. It's from the theme song. I know. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was saying it was beautiful. All right. It's beautiful. You, okay. You're well, beautiful. <laughs> goodbye. And you're going to learn something when we meet you on the pod.